Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Hey everybody, welcome to They're Playing Our Song, the podcast where your song becomes our song. I have a very special guest today, someone who's not my wife, uh, my good friend, Carolyn Beaumier. Carolyn, hi, thanks for being on the show. Hi. Hi. So, Carolyn, you have brought a song, and I was hoping this would happen by interviewing people. I was really hoping people would come up with songs that weren't just songs I liked, because I can make the Rob Likes These Songs show, but I'd like it to be more than that. So you've brought us a really cool song today. So what what song are we going to talk about? The song I chose for today is Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Okay. This song was originally released on the album The Dock of the Bay in 1968. Uh, it's an R&B soulful song in terms of uh, grouping. It's was released right before, I guess, Otis Redding died in a plane crash pretty soon after yep. after that. So it's one of his last songs, which is too bad. Yeah, I had read that he had recorded it, and then right before he died in a plane crash, re-recorded it. And then I think they did a few, you know, production edits before the final was released. Okay. So uh, how did you how did you come to hear this, this song? How did this, you know, overview? Why is this your song today? Why did you want to bring it? Well... In terms of where I heard it, I feel like it's one of those songs that's kind of always in your consciousness. It's one of those oldie songs that you kind of grow up listening to. But the reason why I chose it is because it's one of those that anytime it comes on, I just instantly kind of feel a little at peace or it makes me stop and want to listen to the whole thing. Usually it makes me want to sing along in the car. It's hard as I can in my most soulful voice, Um, which it's a little bit of a sad song, but every time I listen to it, it just makes me very happy and content and calm, and I just love it. Good. Is there a version that, and you said you recorded it twice, and I know there have been a lot of covers of it over the years. Is it the original Otis Redding one that you, you heard first? Yeah. All right. I know the one I listened to, To Get Ready, was from... It's one of like the best of, one of his mm-hmm. best of collections. So, hoping it's the the same one. Yeah, wasn't sure it is. I think Sammy Hagar had a cover that yeah, was not it's the not one. That I... one. <laughs> it's not the Sammy Hagar one. No. Oh, good. <laughs> so, this is a song that you you don't really have a, a starting point for. It's sort of just always been in your consciousness. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just you know like I feel like I grew up listening to all these music. So all of those songs you just kind of know the words to or um have fun with Mm. and um you know so i don't even remember learning the music or you know where that song came from it's just always kind of been there but i do think when i got into high school i had a little bit more of an appreciation for um music that was a little bit older Mm -hmm. classic rock and oldies and um what have you so then I really started to kind of take on this song just in terms of wanting to sing it or, you know, <laughs> kind of make it my own a little bit. Yeah. I think. Which will not be happening here today. <laughs> I started to sing on one of the episodes and I had to, I had to shut it down. Yeah. Just shut it down. That's not. Let's nope. make that a rule. Yeah. Already no one's <laughs> listening. I don't need them to. My one subscriber to unsubscribe. <laughs> Now, is this a song, when you, when you think of it, uh, you talk kind of about the warm feeling it gives you. Is that more uh, 
bit of the the music itself, the lyrics, combination of the two. Because I know different songs kind of resonate um, differently depending on which part you're paying attention to. I think it's both. I mean, the the lyrics are pretty simple, so mm. you can very easily picture yourself where he is, literally sitting on the dock of the bay. You hear the seagulls and the you know um, you know tide coming in, so you can you know really visualize what he was thinking when he was originally starting to write the lyrics to the song, which he was literally sitting on on a dock. So that kind of visualization from the music and the words kind of, for me, instantly has that calming feel. But the way that he performs it makes it feel more soulful, Mm -hmm. which I feel like kind of hits a little bit of an emotional nerve. and I feel like that's the part that makes me want to sing along or, you know, yeah. get into it a little bit. I, you know, I've heard this song before. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever really gave it the same thought as, as we're giving it right now. I, I think it's one of those songs that, again, because it's always been sort of in, in my own consciousness and says, oh, yeah, Dock of the Bay, we've all heard that song. Yeah. I really haven't thought of it much other than, oh, yeah, that's just some song. Mm-hmm. Um to be honest, I always thought of it, oh, this sounds kind of boring. It's not really doing much for me. But listening to it now and, and kind of getting ready, you know, really giving it the focus and the time, I never knew about the wave, the wave sound effects. That was pretty neat. And even though the lyrics are like just so very simple, yeah. how much how much is said with very few words and how well it blends with that that sense of sadness, but sort of acceptance of the sadness Mm -hmm. and where you are and building a sense of place in the song was really amazing i I don't i think i just have given it such short shrift because it's oh it's an oldie everyone knows that song it's not that important it's sort of the same reason i think if you go back and watch say citizen kane it's like what's special about this movie it's kind of boring well at the time there was something special about it and that still does resonate and i think this song i'm I'm glad that you picked it because i don't think i ever really listened to it as closely as as I as I could have or should have. Well, I feel like uh, maybe depending on my mood or where I am, it can have a very different effect. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, oh, I love this song, and I just kind of mindlessly sing along. Sometimes maybe if I'm more pensive or thoughtful, I you know, am, it kind of hits more to the soul um, side of the song, which feels a little more emotional. Or um, you know, he's left his home in Georgia, which potentially was just for like a job, but it kind of mm-hmm. feels like oh, it's so. You know, why did he do that? And that sounds, you know, terrible and sad. Um, but then, kind of regardless, I feel like the, the whistling at the end, mm-hmm. which sometimes can be cheesy, just has that kind of, everything's going to be okay. We're just whistling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I grew up in a household where whistling was fairly constant. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that is kind of comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, it, it... It definitely has a, a sense of at least, at least the, the, you know whoever the singer is, whoever the main character is. At least we've got this, this one place, this one setting that we can count on, that we can be at and sort of be at peace. And I, I, I can see why it would be a song that, that is is comforting. Uh, now, what do you think of, of Otis Redding's voice? I don't think I know any other song by him other than this one. I don't know if you're familiar with with his other works. Yeah, I mean pop quiz. I do not know the answer to that. But um, but the, his, in terms of his voice, I feel like there's that part where he it kind of um, 
I don't know if it's the bridge or whatever it's called, but the part where the song kind of breaks down, mm. where um, he's talking about how he's left his home in Georgia and he's headed for the Frisco Bay. And the way that he sings that, just to me, is kind of classic soul. It's not over the top, but it has kind of that rasp, that kind of longing, that little bit of sadness twinge in there, mm-hmm. where you want to know why or what's you know what's going on or even if you don't you kind of attach your own meaning to it so that's i mean if i'm driving in the car and i'm singing that's the part that i'm like i'm just really gonna go for that part in the song which to me is kind of the quintessential soul Mm -hmm. part of and it's not like i'm a huge soul junkie but that that is why that song this song is special to me is that element of it Mm -hmm. something about there are still some bands that do this. I feel like a lot of the, the showmanship, the acting that goes into singing one song is, mm-hmm. is really lost. It might be the sort of the auto-tune generation of like everything should sound exactly on pitch or have a weird vibration to it. Right. But, you know, he really is singing the song. He's got a nice voice, really rich voice. There's a, a lot of complexity to the tones. But he also is doing things with his voice depending on what the song calls for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the bridge, he's getting he's getting kind of louder, a little more excited, the lyrics are changing. When he's just sort of repeating the refrain, it's it's got the that sense of longing, and you, and you hear it in the voice. And I know in our, our uh, one of our earlier episodes, we talked about Counting Crows and how uh, Adam Adam Dirt's singer there had that same tone to his voice. Like, there was, there was so much emotion there, but whereas he just seemed like he was about to cry a lot of the time... <laughs> Uh, not, in a, not a bad way, that was what the song was, but but I, I think Otis Redding really captures a lot of the feeling. So it, it makes what are relatively simple lyrics feel a lot more complex and makes it much more, it makes it makes it mean a lot more. And I kind of wish more artists would, would put that in there. There are a couple bands, I think, nowadays that still treat their songs like they're musical numbers. Well, it, I think it makes it feel honest when um, it doesn't feel overdone, so he's not just like pushing so hard um, that it feels kind of over the top or ridiculous. It just, um, you know, when he's kind of doing the chorus, it just kind of is so calm and warm and soothing. And then when he gets to the bridge, it's a, a bit more um, kind of urgent. And, you know, you can attach your own meaning or um, emotion to it, but it's it, his... His singing feels honest, and it doesn't feel overdone, and it feels um, kind of hard to replicate. That it's that's his sound, that's his you know tone. Yeah. What what would you say your favorite part of this song is? You talk, I, mean, I think you talked a little bit about the places you really want to sing with it, depending <laughs> on your mood. But is there one that just North Star holds its place? This is the this is the part. If I could only hear this part or sing this part or. I think it's the bridge. I mean, there's uh, all the parts of the song have their um, kind of meaningfulness to me, or the reason why they have um, the reason why I like that song for the different parts of it. But the bridge is where it. I feel like that's what sets it apart from just being another oldie pop song, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of other oldie pop songs that just sound the same, and anybody could have done it, and um, you know they don't. You don't even really need to listen to the lyrics or whatever, but um, the bridge in this song is really where it kind of makes it special to me or makes it a little different, um, which is why it's memorable. A lot of songs, oldies will come on and I'll know all the words, but it's not really memorable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's why this one is set apart. Okay. 
So, Carol, I think you've, you've expressed what the song means to you, why it's your song. Why should it be our song? So let's say you have to convince somebody who's like, eh, that song's not that great, or I don't know why I would listen to that song. They never heard it before, maybe. What what do you think your argument of, of making it something worth checking out? I would say sit in a room, close your eyes, put your you know earplugs in or earbuds in and listen to the song and tell me it doesn't have some sort of emotional impact. It's not, you know, supposed to be very intense. It's not supposed to change your world. It's just maybe supposed to change that, you know, two minutes that you're listening to the song. It makes you a little feel a little calmer. makes you feel a little bit, um, you know, had some sort of impact. And that's, it's not the most amazing song in the world. It's not the most complex. It didn't, you know, you know, it's, but for me, it's impactful in a very small way, but one that has sustained which is why I chose it today. Great. Well, I think that's a very good reason why Dock of the Bay are sitting on, I think it's parentheses, sitting on Dock of the Bay. There's some sort of parenthetical <laughs> in, the, in the writing by Otis Redding is now, I would say, our song. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so... We That's... need to have the sound of seagulls as we fade out. We've got the fabulous sound of rain on an air conditioning unit, which is which is I could I could barely get the sound to sound nice, and so I'm glad it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> you can't see this. I don't have a YouTube channel, but the lights are also so I turned the lights off on us while we recorded too. Yes. So and the skies have opened up. Yeah, it's it's all all good stuff in in the name of our art of <laughs> the podcast. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, anything anything you want to plug? Um, listen, I'm getting married, so... So everyone come on out to the wedding. It's yeah, going to be... It's going to be a, it's going to be a bash. Uh, I mean, that is if you're invited. And, um, Rob is what be going to be one of the esteemed groomsmen. Oh, that's so right, yes. A testament to our friendship. And, um, I'm very happy and honored that you asked me to be here today. Well, of course, and I will probably ask you again. I think you, you were a little worried it was going to be strange situation i hope it was somewhat fun to get to talk about it was good so yeah yeah <laughs> my, my hope was that maybe your fiance will, will be willing to be on at some point because i like to have lots of different guests and i think his musical tastes are much more varied than i know my own so well and he has i'm sure he can talk at length about you know different songs that he likes so i hope that he does it as well. Okay, and so I'll hopefully get that. I was I was hoping maybe if you guys want to do a newlywed one as well about a special song for the two of you. I thought that might be adorable. Oh, that sounds we'll fun. S- we'll see if I'm still making these in uh, <laughs> in October. <laughs> you might be a little busy. I might, yeah, I might be kind of busy. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. Uh, if you like the show, you can certainly subscribe to us on iTunes where they're playing our song. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com/playingoursong.net. You can follow us on Twitter, where I occasionally post little things about music I hear and places I'm visiting, or tips about songs at uh, playing underscore our song. You can certainly go to the website to see notes about this episode and future episodes and upcoming episodes. That's playingoursong.net. And if you're interested in sharing a song that you'd like to have on the show, or if you'd like to be on the show, hey, uh, we're, we're low budget. You can come on, anybody. You can email me at rob at playingoursong.net. So until next time, remember, it's your song, so play it long and play it loud. Bye, everyone.